What's up? This is Brandon London, and you're listening to the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. You hear that? The Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Let's go Giants. Good evening and welcome back, Giants fans, to the latest edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast in association with Andy's Man Club. It's always okay to talk, lads. Um, this time around, we are 75% British, 25% Irish, but absolutely, as still, always 100% Giants, believe it or not. We are. We are, I promise you. Especially after this week's shit show, we're still Giants. Um, it's a full house on a Friday night. What more can you ask for, eh? Um, we're here to look ahead to the... I don't know about look ahead. We're not really looking forward to it, but we're here to the, to go through the, uh, the game at the Cowboys on Sunday as we take that trip to Dallas in uh, in Tommy DeVito's first start at quarterback. And uh, a lot of people are predicting uh, an absolute blowout loss for the Giants. So we've got that to look forward to on Sunday. But Shane, welcome back. How are we all doing, lads? Yeah, not too bad. Um, to be fair, I, would, I, I am actually looking forward to Sunday because as soon as Sunday's here and out the way, means our new, new york trips here and we getting closer so you know that every, every cloud and all that but yeah you know um sunday might be a, a tough watch which we'll sort of kind of get into it during the this episode but yeah it's good to be back listening to the other the episode the other day uh was it tuesday or wednesday i think um with you guys and i loved it it was an air and 25 air and 30 long and if it had been another air i'd have been like happy days carry on Oh, bless. You love hearing that. Um, yeah, good. L- looking forward to this week in the sense that, like I said, the podcast of the night, would love to see some of the younger players, some of the fringe players who uh, are on longer term contracts sort of get a bit more, um, get a bit more reps, get a bit more action out there to try and sort of show, look, this is what I can do <laughs> moving forward. I deserve a place in the team. Um, it will be a tough watch. Definitely will be a tough watch. But um, I mean, what can you do? Your team's your team. You have to watch them regardless, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like Shane says, as much as it might be a a, a difficult watch and not an enjoyable one for us, it's just another another game to tick off the list on the way to the Patriots game at, um, at MetLife. So, and that is coming up quick. Certainly, yes. You think by the, you know, by the time the, uh, the game ends on, on Sunday, it'll be past midnight, it'll be technically Monday morning. And we can say, lads, we're going to going to New York next week. So, uh, re- looking forward to the game as much as uh, as much as it's going to be very very difficult um, getting it out of the way. And then, yeah, we're one week closer to to being in New York ourselves and being at the Patriots game in week, week twelve. So, lots to look forward to. As usual, we're going to be asking, uh, we're going to be giving our predictions for the game for this weekend. Um, some maybe more surprising than others. Little spoiler there for you. Um, we want to know your predictions as well. Get your get your predictions in the comments, um, and we will throw them up on screen. And send in your uh, send in your questions as well. If you've got any questions for us throughout the show, um, again, drop them in the comments, and we'll answer any that you do have or try to, if we have the time. Uh, now, if Black Friday, as Black Friday is only two weeks away, um, our friends over at USA Sports.co.uk started their sale today, and by using the code Big Blue, 
you can get yourself 25% off your entire order. And that's not just on Giants merch, although that is going to be top of your list. That's off every every single item on that website. 25% off your entire order on usasports.co.uk. Use the code BIGBLUE to get that discount. Make sure you put it in the discount code bit and when you get to your basket. Uh, and as announced on Wednesday's pod, we'll be at Red's Restaurant and Beer Garden, just a stone's throw away from MetLife Stadium the evening before the Patriots game, for Saturday 25th of November. Uh, from 7pm until late, hopefully going to have some uh, some guests come along and uh, have a few beers and chat Giants football with us. And if you're in the area, come hang out and have a beer with us as well. So yeah, le- mega looking forward to that and just the trip to the States as, in, as a whole, really. Um, now, Shane, obviously, as you were busy working on Wednesday, um, we thought it's only fair that you get to give your answers to a couple of questions. I mean, there's no point giving your thoughts on the game because we all know there's, I mean, you could go, you could, you could rant for about 20 minutes about the game. Um, I was very depressed by like, Sunday night. We, we all were very depressed on Sunday night. So, you know, rather than give you thoughts on the game, we thought we'd give you the opportunity to ask, answer a couple of questions that were thrown at us. Um, so on Sunday on Twitter, whilst the, I think it was whilst the game was going on or just after the game finished, um, the uh, at Irish NYG asked us, how do you see the DJ situation playing out? I know if we get a top three pick, we'll probably go quarterback. But do you reckon Jones gets traded or maybe a backup until his contract expires? Thoughts on that, Shane? I mean, I think if, if Joe Shane and Brian Dable want two more years here, <clears throat> excuse me, they've got to draft a quarterback. Um, because if they don't draft a quarterback and you're relying on Daniel Jones to come back from an ACL next year and he isn't it, Brian Dable gone. Maybe, maybe Joe Shane potentially, but Brian Dable will, will be gone. Um, whereas I think if he can draft his own quarterback next year, you can easily say to John Murray and Steve Tish, look, let me just mould this quarterback for two years. Give me two years with this quarterback. We'll get his rookie season out of the way and we'll get his second year and we think we'll have something. But in terms of Daniel Jones himself, I can, he'll, he'll still... Look, Daniel Jones is a good QB. The issue I've always had with Daniel Jones, I, I, don't, I don't think Daniel Jones is ever going to be an elite quarterback. He had high numbers last year, but I've always said, oh, I kind of think he'll be in that 12 to 16 range, which is a good QB range. Um... I mean, there's a couple of things I, I, I think with him, depending on what teams do. I could maybe see him ended up in uh, in Denver or New Orleans, uh, potentially via a trade. Uh, and the other option we've got, well, the other option, the, the other issue we've got is if everyone knows we're desperate to get rid of him because of the contract, teams might not just bother offering anything at all and wait to just us to cut him and pick him up that way. And maybe he ends up in Washington and maybe we still see Daniel Jones twice a year because their quarterback situation is not great. So that, that's where I see going with, with Daniel Jones. I think he will stay in the league. Like he's a good QB. And I've I've said many times in the past, Daniel Jones reminds me so much of Ryan Tannehill. And look at Tannehill. He left Miami, went to Tennessee. Again, not a top top eight quarterback, but you know he's, he's got Tennessee to the playoffs. And that's the kind of comp that I see for him. So... Ideally, you trade him. Hopefully, you can get maybe say a third or a fourth rounder, so someone can you know get give up that pick to actually get him rather than risking him being cut and then being picked up. But I don't know. I've got a funny feeling for like say Denver via a trade or uh, or Washington if he gets cut. So what what do you see it, the situation being next year? Because there's there's no there's no way we can uh, really do anything with him next year. Um. 
I, I think it's hard to answer that at the minute, just for the simple reason we don't know what his recovery time frame is going to be. Now, obviously, because if he's fit to go week one, you draft the QB next year, and you say to Joe, you, you, you tell Jones what you need to tell him, or that, yeah, we've not got a certain QB one. You just go out there, you ball it, put yourself in the shop window or, you know, whatever. I think the interesting issue is going to be is if Daniel Jones isn't good to go until, say, week four, week six, because... I know rookie quarterbacks aren't afforded much time nowadays. Um, and, you know, they're thrust into the limelight kind of early on. You look at Richardson, CJ Stroud and, and Bryce Young this year, you know, I think all three of them started week one for their respective teams. I'd rather not do that with a rookie QB personally. I'd rather sort of say to the rookie QB, look, we'll let you settle into the, the offence and let's see how, how things play out and we'll put you in maybe week six, for instance. So the, the issue is going to be if Daniel Jones is not good to go week one, and do you thrust a rookie into the line like week one, which I think is a little bit unfair? Obviously, Tyro's contract sucks. He only signed a two-year deal, so he's going to be in free agency. Tommy DeVito, you really want him starting week one? You know, you, you, you're going into week one next year. It's a clean slate, so to speak. It's a brand new start of the season. So, you know, we'll, we'll be maybe they do something with Tyrod and say to Tyrod, we'll give you one-year extension and he's, he's the bridge QB if Daniel's not good to go week one. No, fair enough. I mean, obviously with the, with with Jones's contract, we know full well that he's going to be around next year. Um, you know, if he is good good to go week one, then yeah, put yourself in the shot window and see if any if you got any takers um, before the trade deadline. But it all yeah, it all depends on his recovery, his rehab, um, how long it takes him to come back from the injury. Um, it seems like there's a there's been a lot of players that have come back fairly quickly from an ACL tear. And maybe it'd be a little bit too soon, but there also seems to be some there are some that have taken a little bit longer, um, but they've not like fully recovered from the injury as well. So it's a it's he's still the, the thing is he's still got age on his side. He's still young, in his his, his rehab. You you would hope he's in peak physical fitness that his rehab would go pretty well. But yeah, there's a lot to uh, a lot of unanswered questions and a lot that could change over the next sort of. Two, three, four, six months, even in sort of next in the next year, really. Um, but you know, all we know is that Daniel Jones is, is still a New York Giants quarterback and will be until potentially, you know, sometime next year. Second question then, all right, realistically, do you think Xavier McKinney is likely to get himself another contract if Joe Shane and Brian Dable are around next year? Which they should be. Um Unfortunately, I have to say no. Um, I think I've been really disappointed with McKinney. I mean, I, I don't know kind of what's been up with him because he's he's had this ATV accident last year and he's come back like a bit of a knob, in all honesty. Like, he's just not come back the way you expected him to. Like, I mean, let, let's look at what he's done this season. So he's kind of, not at it eight, but he's made comments about the fans. He's threw the offence under the bus and now he's threw his coaches under the bus. What, what who, who do you want to throw next under the bus? I mean, Kevin had a great point the other night when he was on about, um, you know, McKinney's a leader and, you know, he's doing the complete opposite of leader. And I'm not being funny. If if, if you're if you're a leader and you're a captain and you're moaning, they're not listening to you. Well, that speaks volumes for your leadership qualities because you're obviously not a very good leader then because they're not listening to you. Um, I think it's a real shame because, like, I know Xavier's not really going to give a toss. But, like, he was one player who last year I was like, I can't get in a McKinney jersey. Getting a McKin- I'm getting one hundred hundred percent, and now I'm like, I'm not getting a McKinney jersey. I've no interest in a McKinney jersey. Like, yeah, I think even if he was to sign a two or three year contract extension, I'd I'd rather get 
a Dexy top or low and on beyond. Maybe I'd rather get an Andrew Thomas top. Do you know what I mean? Like that that that's kind of where he, where he's at. We like kind of his attitude. At least Andrew Thomas kind of, you know, <laughs> at least Andrew Thomas kind of like shows he cares and, and, and plays and gives his all and isn't going off doing stupid shit in the boy week. So you know, I think it's a real shame because McKinney, I was banging the table for that draft pick back in 20, 2019, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, he he was my number one safety. I don't know where Kev had him, had him ranked, but he was my number one safety, like, quite clear and above, in, in all honesty. And I was absolutely so stoked that we got him and that he fell to us in the second round. And then he's just, I just don't know what, what's going on with him. And, like, you know, if he's trying to play himself out of New York, like, keep on doing what you do, mate, because you're doing a great job. Yeah, you're not wrong. And the fact that, obviously, all the other captains seem to have not agreed with anything he said. And obviously what Wink said about him as well. Was it yesterday or today, maybe? whatever. But it's almost like he's sort of on an island by himself and nobody's really sort of backing him because, you know, he seems to be throwing everybody under the bus. So it's a strange one, Um, you know. That we know what the media is like in in New York, and it's almost like why why go out and make these comments, um, and you then you you then end up looking like a bit of an idiot because nobody else is backing you up, nobody else is agreeing with what you're saying, um, and really you're pissing your coaches off. And at the end of the season, they're going to be like, well, why why should we keep you around if you're just going to be a bit of a dick? So and the thing I, is, though, is if he's a free agent in the summer. He's not going to get a Jesse Bates contract. Jesse Bates signed a four-year, sixty-four million contract. No, no one in the right mind's giving Xavier McKinney that. You know, he's going to be looking to get what Jay Love got at Seattle. Yeah, uh, he's he's not been up to he's not been up to standard this season. Um, and if anything, he's probably been one of the weak links on defense this season. You know, our defense has been pretty stellar in the last sort of six, seven, what eight weeks, maybe. Um, and he's kind of been one of the one of the ones that hasn't really shone when he should have done. So, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be difficult to see him back on the team next year. You know, given how he is playing recently, and if he continues playing in that way, then he definitely won't be back on the team next year. All right, that's week nine. Family in the books. We can forget about week nine, or try to anyway. Um, we look ahead to week ten with the uh, the reverse of our opening weekend pasting um, at the hands of the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. We travel to Texas. They're coming off the back of a tough loss last weekend to the divisional rivals, the Eagles. So are they there for the taking, maybe? Producer Craig, how's their season panned out so far? Um, inconsistently, I think, is the, uh, the name of the game for the Cowboys so far. Uh, we all know what happened week one. Uh, I'm not talking about that. Uh, they did follow it up with a second victory of a team with New York in its name in week two uh, in the Jets. But since then, it's kind of been a bit of a back and forth affair. Week three saw a shocking loss to the then Joshua Dobbs-led Arizona Cardinals, the same Arizona Cardinals that the Giants put up their last offensive series against, it almost seems like. Uh, week four was a blowout win against the Patriots, but that's not difficult. Uh, week five was a blowout loss to the 49ers. So um, up and down, 
two wins against Los Angeles-based teams followed. Cowboys won close game against the Chargers at SoFi before a convincing 42-20 to win over the Rams at Jerry's World. Um, but as you said, Dan, last week, back to the losing as the Eagles beat the Cowboys 28-23, uh, thanks to some questionable refereeing and coaching decisions. Um, coaching decisions by our just enamoured friend, Mike McCarthy. I don't know about you guys, but he's probably number two under Sirianni for me. It's just people I just can't stand. Yeah. I never liked him when he was at Green Bay, and I like him even less now when he's at, <laughs> since he's been in Dallas. So, yeah, he's another one's a bit of a prick, isn't he, really? Yeah. So, um, Kev, time for you. Uh, oh, sorry, Shane. Shane. Shane's doing the offence. It's, it's confusing. Shane's on offence, I think. Shane is on yeah. offence. He's on the offensive as well. Um, Shane, over to you, mate. Yeah, so the uh, the Dallas Cowboys offense, um, they're going to put up a little bit more of a, uh, a show in than what we've seen on the last two weeks from the, the Raiders and the Jets offense teams. Um, the Cowboys are ranked 10th in total yards per game with 364.5 yards. Um, in the passing game, they averaged 234.9, which ranks them 12th in the league with their rushing offense ranked at 15th with 111.5 yards per game. But, you know, you won't get it from those numbers. The K-Boys are actually the third highest scoring team in the NFL, averaging 27.5 points a game. So I imagine they must be dreading playing the Giants this weekend. Um, obviously, under centre, it's a guy we all know very well, Dak Prescott. He, he feels like a bit of an enigma to me. Um, some some people rate him. When I say that, I mean Dallas fans and nobody else <laughs> in the league seems to overrated. rate him. Overrated. Very overrated. <laughs> Um, but, you know, he didn't really do much in our week one game, to be fair. Um, but obviously that was more, they were getting the ball on short fields, essentially, you know, the blocked field goal, the turnovers inside, like our own 20 and 30. Um, but, you know, he, he has um, he has thrown for over 2,000 yards so far this season at a rate of 7.6 an attempt. He's also through for 13 touchdowns with only five of those being intercepted, um, or five further being intercepted, sorry. He's got 118 yards on the ground as well with one touchdown and one fumble. Hopefully, Kayvon Thibodeau can maybe make that two fumbles this weekend. Um, in the running game, Tony Pollard, obviously, they, they let Zeke go earlier in the, in the offseason. Um, but Tony Pollard had a couple of rushing touchdowns in week one. He's still the lead back. He's not been born in the end zone since that opening weekend game, though. Uh, his 120 attempts are 85 more than the next closest running back, uh, Rico Dodo. Um, and then I think they've they've got the third running back. Is there? Um, is it one of their coaches' kids or something like that? He juice worn. He's about five four. He looks tiny, man. Um, but yeah, in addition to them two touchdowns, Pollard has four hundred seventy four yards with two fumbles on the season. The Cowboys as a whole, as a whole, only have five touchdowns on the ground though throughout the entire season. The receiving game, they've got a little bit more, uh, a few more playmakers. Um, obviously, C.D. Lamb's the main one, who again seems a bit of an unique man. Some people seem to rate him, some people don't. For me, I, I personally do think he's probably like a top top 10, top 12 wide receiver in the league. Probably heard some people say that he shouldn't really be in that discussion, but I think that's really unfair for, for C.D. Lamb. Um, this year, he's had 57 receptions for 824 yards, which is good enough for fifth in the league. Um, for touchdowns, Lammy's tied with Jake Ferguson, the tight end, for the most on three. But Brandon Cooks and Cavante Turpin are only one behind with two each. And then, obviously, the offensive line, the one unit of the K-Boys that seems to just be 
great every single year without fail. We spend first rounders and second rounders and third rounders and our offensive line shit, and they just seem to never never seem to get weak on the offensive line, do they? Um, obviously, they welcome back Tyron Smith against the Eagles. Um, he had recorded an 80-plus PFF grade last week, has missed multiple games already this season. Um, and on the other side, Terence Steele, he, he struggled a little bit, giving up 12 pressures, including seven hurries and four sacks on Sunday. And he's got an overall grade of just 45.4 on the season. So, as with everything that I've said, obviously, the, 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 like I mentioned, the Cowboys are going to offer a much tougher game for our defence than than what we have the last two weeks. Um, I mean, our defence didn't do much wrong in week one, but against the Riders, they did falter a little bit. Kev, do you think this is due to the pressure they put under? Because obviously the offence is just not producing at all. And kind of how do you think they'll respond this week? Yeah, I do. I think, like, you know, it's very difficult to play as a defense when you're not getting any help from the other side of the ball. You know, you know, you need both sides of the ball to sort of help each other out. Um, I do hope um, this week that we can actually do a bit more on defense, and I think um, I think we'll do some some like some turnovers and, and maybe a defensive touchdown as well. I think you know um, the the defense have been playing well enough. They faltered a little bit last week, like you said against the Raiders, but I think um, I think we're due something explosive on um, defence now. And I think if that happens, we can actually make a bit of a game of this. Yeah, I think, I mean, some of last week, I think, comes down to just being in a bit of shock about DJ's injury. Um, you know, he's he's the leader of the team. Uh, everyone on offence, defence, special teams, coaches, everyone's invested in him. So you can kind of sort of see... You know, going down with the season and the injury, you know, straight away you knew it wasn't good because it was no contact, his knee buckled and you saw it on the field and it just, it looked bad from the offset. So I think everyone was just in a bit of a shock. Um, and also then come up against the Raiders, new, you know, new interim head coach, Antonio Pierce. Um, and maybe it wasn't the Raiders we were expecting in terms of, you know, sort of what we planned for because, you know, he's he obviously turned things around and, and, galvanize the team as well so when you fire sort of head coach midway through the season it either goes one or two ways you either get worse or you get better and you know it's, it did sort of like turn the Raiders around and they did look a bit a bit more fired up last weekend you see the um the videos from the locker room after the game and they all seem seemed a bit fired up all with cigars in their hands some of them potentially with other things smoking as well don't know but um yeah I think it certainly looked like they were galvanised, but I do think we bounced back this weekend in terms of defence. This Cowboys offensive line's given up 23 sacks so far this season, so I think we look for Sexy Dexy and Tibbs to uh, to be back to their disruptive best up front. Um, Bobby Akerake and Michael McFadden continuing to ball out in the middle of the pit, middle of the field. Um, I fully expect Dak and the Dallas receivers to try and exploit the the defensive backfield as well, but. I think what might be holding CD Lamb back in terms of being in that sort of top five um, in the of, of wide receivers is Dak Prescott. I think if they had an elite quarterback there, then then CD Lamb could potentially be one of the best receivers in the league. I do rate him. I think he's a, a fantastic catcher of the ball. Um, he's you know very very good. He's very quick um, and makes some makes some ridiculous plays sometimes as well. So. I'm looking forward to that battle of Tay Banks, um, definitely for sure. And yeah, I think I think we can exploit this uh, 
um, Dallas offensive line um, and potentially get some quarterback hits and get some sacks in there and hopefully, you know, create a turnover and scoop up the ball and run it in for a touchdown. Yeah, it should be it should be a stronger a stronger game from our from our defense. I think one thing that we haven't really highlighted, um, and I, I've I have seen it highlighted by Fireside Giants, um, but not really in many other places, is that isn't it interesting that Leo gets traded away and our run defense gets a hell of a lot worse very quickly. You know, Leo spent a lot of, a lot of snaps. Uh, on the field with Dex, and it was noticeable every time either one of those were out of the, out of the game when they were together. How bad the the run defense was getting to the point where they were both being, you know, pretty much running to the ground. Um, Asian Robinson obviously is going to take a couple of weeks to kind of get used to playing as many snaps as he's going to now need to with with Big Cat gone. Um, but I think it, it is kind of one of those ones where all those stat pushers who said that Big Cat wasn't really doing a lot and had, had underperformed maybe had to eat some humble pie when they saw the the difference that was made on that line. Um, I do think it will be a difficult matchup this week. Um, for some reason, the Cowboys and the Eagles games always are. The Cowboys have always torched us um, with their tight ends. Jake Ferguson is not one to be snaffed at. He's, um, I mean, he's no Dalton Schultz or who was the other one who used to always, always get a touchdown against us. Oh, I can't remember his name. Jason um, Witten. Jason Witten. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Try to erase him from my nightmares. Uh, but yeah, Jake Ferguson, um, I would expect him to, to have quite a good game. Um, Pollard hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. So guess what's happening this week? Pop that in your bets. Pop that one in your bets. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it will be a better showing than the Raiders. I think um, Wink will hopefully have us more fired up and hopefully not being undermined by certain players in our safety room. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think... I, I, do, I do think we missed um, Leo Williams a bit last week as well. I agree with that. Um, he didn't have the best first showing in Seattle, um, but was obviously getting used to a new de- new defense. But I, I definitely think he's a, he's a big miss on that on that defensive line. Um, mm-hmm. So coming up against this uh, this Cowboys offense, better offense than the Raiders are. So yeah, we need to uh, need to stop them, and we definitely need to stop Tony Pollard. Like I said, the uh, the Cowboys run game hasn't been great, so no doubt he's going to go off for 180 yards and three touchdowns, right? <laughs> All right, Kev. Um, let's look at defense then. What does Tommy DeVito find himself up against? Well, unfortunately, Dallas do possess a very good defense to complement that offense. Uh, they're giving up the third least amount of yards per game this season with 288, and 179 of those are through the air with 108 on the ground. Um, they also give up around 18.5 points per game, which is sixth least. Oh, it just gets good, doesn't it? It just gets better and better. But uh, um, I'm sure you can guess who's leading the Cowboys in sacks, hurries, quarterback hits, and pressure win rate. Yeah, of course. It's Shane's man crush, Micah Parsons, uh, who is yet again having an outstanding season. 
Uh, he also had a tackle for loss in seven of eight games that the Cowboys played this year and is aiming for the fourth game in a row with a sack. I mean, the geezer is just, uh, just unbelievable, just you know, unplayable a lot of the times. Um, the Giants will also need to be on the lookout for two Cowboy defenders who will be looking to continue their stellar form against them. That's the Marcus Lawrence, who oh, I have nightmares about him. He always turns it on against us. You know, he's had 11 sacks in 12 games against the Giants. And Armstrong as well. He's aiming for his fourth game in a row to sack against the Giants' offense. I mean, these boys love to feast on on, on our offensive line. But uh, um, Armstrong had a in week one, and um, was it in one? He had one in week one. That's it, and two in the game in Dallas last season. Uh, despite losing Tavon Diggs after two weeks of the season, the Cowboys' pass coverage unit has played very well. Deron Bland has four interceptions already this season, which is tied for second in the league. And he's also returned three of those fours for touchdowns. Uh, on the opposite side, veteran St- uh, Stefan Gilmore has two interceptions. Um, the two also have a combined 10 pass breakups. I mean, that Stefan Gilmore was such a shrewd trade. I can't remember exactly what was given for him, but I think it was like a fourth round pick or something. And it just seems like such a shrewd move at the moment. I mean, all in all, it is a very scary defense uh, to go along with the offense, like we were saying. Um, but my question to you, Laz, is, so it's not a great matchup for Tommy DeVito in his first game as a starter. How do you think the Giants need to approach this game offensively, Dan? What have we got to lose? Fuck it. Go for it. Don't hold back. Don't be conservative. Don't be, oh, we can't do that because it's Tommy DeVito on the center. Just... Just throw it deep. You know, first offensive snap, launch it to Jalen Hyatt and see what happens. Because what's the worst that can happen? It gets intercepted. We, we you know, we're, we're probably, we know we're going to lose this weekend anyway. So I don't, I don't see why going for it straight away would hurt our chances of winning this game or potentially trying to win this game. Um, yeah, the rest of the offense is, is fairly healthy, obviously, barring. Um, Darren Waller and obviously Evan Neal I know he's been in the injury report so far this week as well so he's not looking good um, but the rest of the offense is, is looking fairly healthy so just start the game aggressively let DeVito pass the ball you know get Barkley running you know pounding the pound of the ball and, and get the offensive line creating those holes um, you know if you take a sack you take a sack so be it you know if, just but I just want to see some just a bit of aggressive football, really, and just try and get a few first downs under our belt and and almost sort of take that Dallas defense by surprise because they're probably not going to be expecting us to come out and, and go for it. They're probably going to be expecting us to be conservative and just these sort of two, three, four, five-yard gains per play. Fuck it, just launch at 60 yards. What have you got to lose? I love that. I love that. You know, just go out there, throw it around the park. Let's see what we can do. Um, what about you, Craig? I think what what Dan's saying is what we'd like to see. <laughs> it's not going to happen. We know it's not no. going to happen. I, I mean, in all honesty... You Saquon know Barkley, well, 40 carries. In, in all honesty, we know full well that they'll, they'll have a lot of running plays. They'll have screens. They'll have, you know, uh, pass, you know pass play action it, it's going to happen is it is the way it's going to go there are a few things i would like to see um you know i would like to see us at least take a couple of deep shots at the end of the day 
if the veto gets um, picked off, then he gets picked off. Uh, you know, at the end, <laughs> what's the spread now? The spread was sixteen point five last time I checked. It was around sixteen point five. Have right? a look. I'll check. I'll check. <laughs> I mean, K- Kieran's just put a, a really good, um, a really good comment. He said the only thing we have a chance of winning is the toss, <laughs> and um, <laughs> he's he's not wrong. Um, yes, Kieran, that's where we are at this time of the season. Win, win the toss and take the take the kickoff. Fuck the fair in it. Just take the kickoff and throw it and launch it. Spread is seventeen, by the way. Seventeen is the spread. So there we go. So that says everything you need to know. Um, I would like to see us establish a run game, but the problem is, is it doesn't. I get it's a business, but it doesn't seem fair to run Saquon into the ground and then go, okay, so cool, see you later. That's not really how I want uh, my organisation to really do things. And I think it all it's all going to come down to Kafka. He's had the... He, he knows that DeVito is the starter. He knows that the DeVito is the starter. He's known now for a week. Surely you can, as we were saying before we came on air, Kev, you know, Kev made this great point, you know, just take five... Five plays, five plays that do this, five five slant options, five deep shots, five RPOs, five, you know, run, whatever you need to do to make DeVito comfortable in the system. Because I tell you one thing I don't want to see, and I don't want to see Barkley come into the game, Matt, that is. I don't want to see Barkley come into the game. Like, run with DeVito the whole of the rest of the way, and let's see what the kid's got. Yeah, I love that, because it's a real opportunity now for... For even like a backup quarterback next year, do you know what I mean like we were saying like with Tyrod going is a perfect opportunity? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an okay offense offensive line. You're going to have obviously Thomas back left tackle, uh, Pugh left guard, JMS center, Bredesen right guard, and Phillips right tackle. By the looks of it, I mean that that, 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 that hopefully that line can get a little bit of push for for the run game and some protection in the in the pass game. So, Shane, what do you think the Giants how how, how the Giants should approach approach this game? Um, I think Dave just needs to go up to Tommy DeVito, just put an arm on his shoulder and go, look, Tommy, as it stands, we've got the number three overall pick. Let's try and make it a little bit higher if we can, Tom. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think the key thing for me is like, we're going overall under six and a half what the Feagles play calls because that's that's all, all I felt like I kept saying on Sunday. I didn't get to watch much of Sunday, to be fair, because I was working. But um, I, I think in the short time I did watch it, there's at least three play calls where I was like, what the feagles is going on here? It just makes no sense. So all I really want to see is just play calling that makes sense. Like, if you're going through it on fourth day and it's third and five, don't pass both times. At least run one of them. Like, that was one of my annoyances on the weekend. So I just want to see kind of um, play calls that make sense. And I'd, I'd quite like to just see Tommy DeVito maybe just try and build a little confidence and show that, you know what, if you if this organisation takes a quarterback next, in next year's draft, I'm good enough to back up. Because, you know, I'd, I'd love nothing more than Tommy DeVito to be the backup. Like, you know, he showed promise at times in the off-season, in pre-season, sorry. This isn't the pre-season. This is a, a much tougher opposition than what he would have faced before. But, you know, the key for him is going to be keeping his calm, keeping his composure, not panicking. Yeah, he's probably going to get sacked a few times. He's probably going to make a few mistakes, but it's just about him developing to being able to say why well, he should be on a 53 going forward. Yeah, I love that. It's like, um, so Shane Wilkins just posted down below that uh, it's could uh, what the Feagles moments could be double figures for next week. 
I mean, it's one of the reasons why we just dropped it last week because the, we could have spent the whole podcast last week of just what the Feagles specials. You have little faith, Steve. Is is it going to be that bad, really? Yeah, it probably is. In all honesty, <laughs> in all honesty, it will be. But um, it's and no matter which no matter which way we look at it, it's going to be difficult this week. Just on that, on we're talking about the the spread being seventeen at the moment. The Giants are current on the money line. If you if you want to flutter, uh, the longest odds of uh, of any team to win a game so far this season, currently sitting at ten to one to win the game. If you want to put your money on Dallas, you're looking at seventeen to one on. So it's almost a dead cert that Dallas are going to win this game. It's going to take a hell of a lot to uh, to upset the uh, the bookies on on this one. So for Big Blue to win this game, what have we got to do? Hope for a fucking miracle. <laughs> in all honesty we've got to hope that the defense gets to Dak and takes him down and then and then Dallas end up with their second string quarterback on the field um to even stand a chance of being close in this game um whatever the Giants do decide to cook up as we've just spoken about they need to find ways to both protect Tommy DeVito um whilst giving him relatively easy completions you know like I said there's no harm in throwing a ball deep a couple of times just to sort of stretch the field and just to sort of you know throw the feelers out there but He's got to have those easy completions. Uh, they'll they'll have to let him off the leash at some point, um, despite the risks that may arise. Um, but another thing, both he and his offensive weapons will need to do is is protect the ball. Um, we've got to protect. We've got to you know. Number one thing is is ball safety. If you protect the ball, you're going three and out every time. It is what it is. You're putting the ball away. But what we don't want to see is turnovers and silly mistakes and you know coughing the ball up and and just. Just things that are going to kill the game, like they did in week one. You know, we kept turning the ball over and giving them short field, and that's when they racked up the points. So we, we can't see that this weekend. Um, defensively, we need the Giants to return to form of what we've seen against the Bills and the Jets, where the playmakers just didn't get much time to make those plays. Uh, CD Lamb will most likely line up against Tay Banks. Um, he could potentially need help. Um, so, you know, we're going to look to you know, safety help. We're going to look to players like McKinney. We're going to look to players like Jason Pinnock to make to give him that help if he needs it. Finally, unlike week one, we must have a clean special teams game. Now, having Gunner back there to return the ball is a positive. You know, we've we've made positive steps uh, since week one in, in terms of um, the return game. Obviously, Graham Gano he's done for the year. We've got Randy Bullock in. Didn't try him out last week, so this is going to be his first sort of showing as a potentially as a, as a giant this week um, in his second stint with the team. So, you know, we we've got to keep it clean on special teams. We can't again, can't go coughing the ball up, can't go, you know, muffing punts or doing anything stupid. Just keep keep it clean, hold on to the ball, protect the ball, and and let your playmakers make the plays. And if we don't make the plays, then so be it. But I don't think there's much expectation there. But have we uh, have we got the final injury report, Producer Craig? Yeah, so um, earlier today, Dable has already ruled out uh, Adoree Jackson, uh, Jackson, who has a concussion slash neck, uh, Dion Jackson, who has a concussion, and Evan Neal, who has an ankle injury. Uh, I did see uh, that Dable said that they hadn't decided whether to put Neal on IR, so take that how you want to read that in the terms of how bad that ankle injury is. He was seen on crutches earlier this week, so that 
that says a lot. So we could be seeing Tyree Phillips for the foreseeable. <clears throat> Excuse me. Questionable uh, wide receiver Paris Campbell with a hamstring injury. Uh, Deshaun Corbin also with a hamstring injury. Uh, Aziz Ojolari uh, uh, is questionable with an ankle injury. Now um, he's only just been reactivated off of IR. So I would be hella, hella surprised if we didn't see him on here with an ankle injury. Um, and then yeah. one just to watch, uh, Mark Grewinski, guard, um, has been absent for the last two with a personal matter that they're not sure whether that's going to run into Sunday or not. So um, potentially a, a bit of a, though he's been predominantly a backup to uh, Grewinski and to Pew, that's one to watch because, you know, he is a very, very capable backup, experienced. And as we've seen in recent weeks, he's actually really turned his game around as well. Yeah, I mean, no surprise there that Evan Neal has been ruled out. Um, but Tyree Phillips is, is more than capable to slide into that right tackle position as he has done um, in previous games. So, yeah, no surprise there. Um, who? All right, then. Let's go Shane first. So who's your hopeful? No, I'm not saying they are going to change the game, but who's hopefully your game changer on each side of the ball for this game? Um. Oh, I can't even think of anyone on offense to be honest with you. Like the whole offense is just like whatever kind of thing. Like, I mean, Darius Slayton's not doing much. Paris Campbell's got an injury issue. Jalen Hoyt's not really targeted. Um, Isaiah Hodgins is he still on the 53? I don't know. Um, it, it just feels like the non existent this season, mate, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like. The only things I can think is like the offensive line. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not picking an offensive line, but I can't do it to myself. Um, you're you're yeah, forgetting I, your boy, Shane. Come on. And it's just obvious all the time. I don't want to. I don't, don't want to. I'm going to get for. I'm going to get for an offense guy who's kind of been quite absent, but now someone's out of the picture. He might hopefully offer a bit more, and that's Danny Bellinger. Um, and then defensively. I'm going to go for Michael McFadden. Nice. Kev, who's your game changers? Hire Tay Banks. Is, uh, he's, he's, going to close, he's going to close the banks on uh, CD Lamb, is he? I think so. This could be sort of not a defining game, but a game where we sort of see that, you know, he can... Well, he's shown that he's been really good this season already. But uh, it'd be really good to give a good showing against one of the better players in the league. And I think, Hyatt, you know, with your, with like you said earlier on, Dan, carefree, let's just go for it. You know, I think he'll connect on a couple of bombs and, uh, you know, hopefully take one to the house. Craig? So my uh, playmaker for offense uh, is the referees who will be giving us lots of uh, Dallas penalty. Uh, no, um, I was going to go with Daniel Bellinger as well. So I am just going to go with Daniel Bellinger because man alive, is it slim pickings out there? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I do agree with Shane. I think Bellinger's got a really good chance here. Um, they always say that, you know, most rookie quarterbacks tend to treat tight ends as their, their best friend whenever everything breaks down. So, um, yeah, Ballinger is the same for me. Um, and I'm just going to go with with Dex. It, it seems like the obvious pick now, but, I mean, he's one of the best defenders 
in the NFL, and that's not even taking it just down to his position. He is literally one of the best players well, on defense. Well, isn't has hasn't he been graded the best player, best defense player under the age of twenty five in the league? Yeah, he's also so been on a lot season. of yeah, he's also been on a lot of mid mid season All Pro lists as well, uh, which is well deserved. And I just feel like if anybody's gonna be able to change a game for us, it, it's him. He just He's needs just playing to support at another level, everyone isn't he? he just needs the support of other people on that line. Yeah, man. Uh, offensively, Andrew Thomas, protect the quarterback. Let hope me you know, protect the quarterback and make those holes for Barkley to run through. Um, defense. Again, this you know this this Dallas Cowboys offensive line isn't it's good, but it's not been as strong as it could be this season. Yeah, you know, like I said, giving up twenty three sacks so far through what eight games. So that's what three a game on average given up. Yeah, you know, you've gone Dexy, I'm going Tibbs. Cause some chaos off the off the edge. Get to the quarterback because those two as a tandem they've been on fire the last few weeks. So I mean, again, last week wasn't great, but. Previous, you know, previous two, three games before that, they've been on fire. So, you know, and look to them to make a difference. All right, then it's prediction time. Uh, as usual, I'm up first. Um, uh, where do we start? All right. With, you know, the fact that we've only scored six points in total with Tommy DeVito under centre doesn't, doesn't sort of shout out that we're uh, going to be anywhere near winning this game. Um, I can't see us putting many points up, to be fair. Uh, I hope to be proven wrong. Uh, I hope that, you know, we turn it around and, and you know, even, even exceed 20 points. But I just can't see it happening. I really can't see it happening. Um, it's, it's really damage limitation time. Uh, I can't really see anything but a, an easy Dallas win. Um, I think our defence does step up a little bit and, and force a turnover into a touchdown. I think we score a defensive touchdown. Um, but it's a, it's a Cowboys win, 37-10 for me. Kev? Yeah, I can see us winning this game, to be honest. You know, just uh, the Cowboys have too much on offense and uh, their defense just is, will probably stifle us all game. But, as I said earlier, I think we're due one. I think this defense... Uh, has a has a touchdown or two in them, uh, and I think we've been on the end of too too many games that we we've lost too many games that we should have won. I think we might just win a game that we shouldn't win, and I'm going seventeen thirteen Giants. Interesting, interesting. Um, me that I have a feeling. Legit. I thought you just banned me. <laughs> I have a feeling, Kev, you um you may be on your own there. Shane, over to you. Yeah, I ain't gonna beat around the bush. Cowboys 38 joint six. Ouch. And Craig? Yeah, the less said about this, the pair 31 uh, to six. So that does mean that we get to drop our new wolf howl Kev. just 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 for Kev. Get howling. Yeah. 
the lone wolf this week. I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'll fucking take that all day long, but it's not going to happen, is it? Really? No, probably not. <laughs> no, it's really not. It's really not. All right, Craig. Have we got any predictions from those watching live? Yeah, we do. Uh, Steve has gone for forty-five thirteen to Dallas, which um, is is not nice um, for anybody who's keeping score. It was forty to nothing last time we played in week one, and all uh, four of us have said that it's going to be less than that, and that's pretty bad. Um, Kieran, as well. Thanks for getting involved today, Kieran. Um, thirty-five to three. Um, Cowboys 35, New York 3, I guess 3 and out. Oh, New York 3 and out 6. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. We're going to go 3 and out the whole time. Yeah. 35, 6. Wow. I just Um, think a little bit as well. Like, you know, all this McKinney nonsense has been going on. I think the defense will rally around Wink, and you might just see them just play that little bit harder. That's that's a fair point, actually. That, That is a very fair point. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. So do we yeah, just? I do think. I do think go on, go on, Dad. No, no, go, go on. on. I was going to say. I, I do think the defense will play well. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man! The defense is going to play well. Shane, over to you. Now, because mine's kind of off-topic, but not so much off-topic. Do we address the elephant in the room about like how we're going to feel if we do win? I'm not going to pick. And then we oh, under, end up picking seven. Yeah, I'm not going to be happy with that. Like, don't get me wrong, I want to see my team win. But like, let's be honest, it's not going to change anything. We're not going to let the playoffs. So we might as well just fucking lose and get a high draft pick now, rather than have to give up draft capital to get a move up there into the top two or three. I do think that Giants Twitter would be more toxic if we won than if we lost. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, genuinely, if we win... Like, all you're going to see is people moaning, great, we've got to give up two first-rounders in the next two years to move up now. Whereas at the minute, it ain't going to cost much. Mm. I get that. We're not, but can... we're, not, we're not actively tanking, but it's like we're not actively looking to win either, let's be honest. <laughs> there's a, there's a, we're not actively looking to win here. All right, let's, let's game plan to lose, yeah. I mean, they don't have to game plan for that. that it would just That's happen. why I say bring all the young lads. Play all the young lads and see how they get on. To be fair, I do kind of want to see more of Isaiah Simmons a little bit this week. Because I, I just feel like we haven't seen much of him. And I think he's got so much potentially to give. Interesting enough, um, Simmons does seem to be one of the higher graded players on special teams. He's always consistently up there. So, um, yeah. Yeah, you always see 19 near the ball, don't you? Yeah. I think he had. I just, I, want, think, to see I, think... I just want to see him absolutely light up Tony Pollard. Yeah, I think last week he, he had a PFF score of 90 plus on special teams. So Decent. he is making plays. He is making plays. Um, just so there, there was a, a question that was asked very, very early um, by Kieran, but I said we'd save it for the end. Um, so he's put, lads, enjoy the trip. So jealous. But now we're back in the normal position of season being over in November. Was last season a flash in the pan or is there any hope going forward? Shane, do you want to take that one first? I'll leave it up on the screen. I mean, it, it feels like to me it's the, the curse of the coach of the year thing. I remember when Dable won coach of the year. I think like the last three or four people who have won it have then gone on and had losing seasons of the following year. So like it's a little bit like it, 
I know any American listeners probably won't understand it, but a little bit like the manager of the month curse that we have in England. You win manager of the month and then you might win one game the next following month at, at best. Um, I don't think last season was a flash in the pan. There is some hope going forward, but we can't afford to get next off-season wrong. Like there's not, there's no room for error in my opinion. Sort of got going here on it. We've got to, we've got to draft the right quarterback, whether that's Drake May, whether that's uh, Caleb Williams or another. If they're in love with a quarterback, they go and get him. I've got no issues in all honesty if we have to trade up to number one to get the guy that you want. If you firmly believe that he is your guy, you go and get him. Who's that guy for you, Shin? I keep getting back and forth. I mean, I'm. I've kind of accepted. I think it's going to be Drake May because who's having 13? Caleb Williams or Jalen Hyatt? I mean, Hyatt and he changed this off-season. So, but now, I'll I, I keep going back and forth on the two at the minute, in all honesty. Um, last week changed my mind of Caleb Williams a lot more than I anticipated. Um, it, it's not good for a player to be crying to his mum in the stands if you want to come and play in New York. And I mean, that in a um, a genuine way, not not an arrogant or talking a dig kind of way. You want to come play in New York, which is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, market in world in the world, not in America, in 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 the world. And if you can't handle losing a game to Washington, so you know I, I do need to get into the tape a little bit more. But I, I think what's probably going to come down to the two is how they're doing the. Um, draft process in all honesty there they do with private workouts and interviews but back to the question I don't think it was a flash in the pan there is hope going forward I just think the room for error is marginal now going forward Kev uh, yeah I mean I don't think it was a flash in pan at all I do think we outperformed um, and I think we are underperforming this year so I kind of think we're somewhere in between the two seasons if that makes sense Um I think there's a lot there. There's still a lot there in this team and coaching staff uh, to, to 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 be happy about and to think we just need a few minor changes. And I do believe something like old line change. Like the old line, something needs to happen. Like we've discussed, like Pew coming in be, being better, one of the better guard, one of the better old linemen. Not from this, not practicing with this team in the off season. You know, uh, Phillips coming back playing well considering he was away with the Eagles and stuff like that. So I do think the offensive line needs addressing. Um, and I do believe that Dable and Sheehan are the right people to sort this out. And I am coming around. I know I've always been in Daniel Jones's corner, but I am coming around to like, if it's going to work, I think they will need to make it work with their QB. I don't... Last season wasn't a flash in the pan, but at the same time, you think we we qualified for the playoffs with what a nine seven and one record. So the NFC isn't great. We know the NFC is is you know, it is it's pretty open. Um, so I don't think it was a flash in the pan. However, what I don't like about that question is the fact that we've been in a normal position of a season being over in November. Now, yeah, you know, I've been a, I've been a fan for a long, long time, and the season being over in November is no way, in any way, shape, or form, normal for me. Um, granted, yeah, we've had some real shocking seasons in the past 
10 years. But, you know, I think the season's over when it's over, um, officially. I mean, I'm still hopeful for that we can at least just be competitive this season. But I think going forward, there is a lot of hope. We've got um, a fantastic young GM in Joe Shane. And I think he has got a massive off-season ahead of him. We've got a fantastic young head coach in Brian Dable. He's got a, again, he's got a massive season ahead of him next year. Granted, his you know this season's not been great for him, but he, remember he he was coach of the year in his rookie season, the head coach last year. We've got so many young players on this team that are you know exciting um, and have got a, a bright future ahead of them. Um, so there is absolutely hope going forward into 2024 and onwards for this team. Um, this season has been disappointing, yes. There's been some mistakes made, yes. Um, but it's all about how you learn from those mistakes and how you move on and, and don't make them again. Um, it's been you know, so frustrating at times in terms of play calling, in terms of, uh, of coaching. You know, Have we got the right coaches in place to take this team forward? No. There's coaches that are in place that should that don't have a place on this team come next year. Um, so the fact that we've got a, a defensive coordinator in Wink Martindale, who I hope and pray to God that we can keep a hold of um, ne- going into next year as well. You know, he's he's already been touted for being interviewed for head coaching positions throughout the league in, in the off season, um, and I'm not surprised by that. But at the same time, I hope I hope and pray we can keep hold of him because his defense has been absolutely stellar this year and it's probably the re- one of the big reasons as to why we're we're not 0 and 9 and we're we're 2 and 7 at the moment um i think yeah this season's been disappointing but next season is uh is hopefully touchwood whoever's at quarterback hopefully it's uh it's a more positive one that's for sure i think the biggest problem of last season was how we started uh, we started seven and two. Since then, we're five, thirteen, and one. Um, and I think yep. that that's where you could kind of maybe twist the narrative into flash of flash in the pan. I think the reason that you don't call it a flash in the pan is because we were never expected to be there anyway. Um, I think if we if 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 we had all of the fanfare behind us, did it, and then fell to what we had, I think. Flash in the pan is probably the right word to use, but I just think punching above our weight is probably more accurate than what it was. Um, and Kieran has, has chipped in with what Shane was saying, saying Drake May all day long. Um, I do think that, yeah, Williams of May seem to be the name on everyone's lips and, and, and listening to the He's a Giant podcast earlier that was live. Um, they were quite clear in the fact that they are one and... 1A and 1B, and they are 1A and 1B by quite a distance, in their opinion. Uh, I think that's it. That's it for questions. Nice. That's it for predictions. Cool. Alrighty. Um, and for those that are keen to uh, to, to flutter a few pounds at the weekend, the, uh, the spread has now changed and gone up to 17.5. So, you know, Get get all the get all the money on the Giants at seventeen and a half. You'd be stupid not to. Oh no, wait, don't, don't do it. Don't don't do it. <laughs> Just don't bet on this game. Simple as. Do not bet on this game because you'll probably lose your money. Whichever way you do it. All right. Um, we keep supporting. We keep representing. We absolutely do, Jamie. 
Um, no matter what this team goes through, no matter whether it's a winning season, a losing season, no matter whether we pick number 32, whether we pick number one, we're always going to represent this team because it's the team that we love. So, you know, on that note, that's all we've got time for this week. Worth a bet builder? No, not on this game. Absolutely not. That is all we've got time for this week. Um, we will be back uh, to review the game, whether it's good, whether it's bad, who knows, uh, next Tuesday evening at the usual time of 8.30pm. So make sure you tune in and join us then. Anything else to add before we go, guys? No, just if, if you are watching it on Sunday, like probably interact with us on Twitter and that. It's, um, it's going to be a tough watch. So, you know, we all sticking it together. Um, there, w- there will be some highlights. There will be some highs somewhere, you know, whether it's, where even if it's the ball time whistle, that's going to be a high. Um, but yeah, you know, just interact with us on Twitter and, you know, we'll help you get through it. You help us get through it. Yeah, and the game isn't on Sky Sports this weekend. Um, we thought it might be. Um, and I was going to, wa- I'm actually up in Glasgow this weekend. Um, and I, if the game was on Sky Sports, I was planning to watch it in the walkabout. Um, but the game isn't on Sky Sports now, so I won't be dragging my mates kicking and screaming to watch Giants get pumped by the Cowboys. But, um, you know, like I said... Hang on, hang game... on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're the one that predicted the Giants win, though, Kev. <laughs> yeah, covering all all bases. But, um, <laughs> nice. yeah, so, so so I was planning to go up there, but I won't be, I won't be now. I'll be out and about in town um, with the boys and... Um, but like I said, look, let's try and get some some young players' experience on the field. Let's try and, you know, get the defence to rally around Wink and let's just, let's just find some hopeful things to get up and come out of this game. And like we said, it's not long until we get over to New York, boys, and we've got some meetups going on. And don't forget, we've got Dublin as well, the 17th of December, 5pm meetup for the 6 o'clock game against the Saints. Very, very much looking forward to that. Um, and I know um, Kieran said, you know, he's jealous about heading over to, to, to New York this, this, in a couple of weeks' time. But there's going to be lots of like, now next year is going to be lots more planned with meetups and stuff like that. And keep your ears out and keep your eyes open for, for, for announcements and stuff. And, you know, you never know, we might go over next year or the year after, depending on, on, on take up and stuff. So, you know, stick with the pod, stick with the team, um, and we'll be here with you guys as well. Yeah, absolutely. We always we always get really good interaction um, on game days, no matter whether it's Shane doing it, me doing it, people thinking it's Dan. Um, there's always there's always a bit of back and forth, and it's always in good jest. But um, just you know, just remember as as we kind of hark on about quite often that um, it is sport. It can get into your head. Um, and if anyone is struggling, you know where we are. Um, Andy's Man Club, who's one of our sponsors, you know where they are. Um, there's always people out there to talk. So, Amen to that, brother. Um, I would say I'm looking forward to this weekend, but I'm not. I am looking forward to two weeks' time, however, and also looking forward to Dublin. Flights are booked, hotels booked. We're going to be in Dublin the week before Christmas. Um, mega looking forward to that. And so... It's just nice to get out there and and watch football together, and also with 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 other fans as well, you know. So that's that's a beautiful thing about doing this is that we we get to watch football together, whether it be virtually, whether it be in person. You know, watching football with someone is is always always makes it a lot more easy, and that's for sure. Um, but yeah, roll on, Dallas. Let's um, let's see if we can make something happen. 
Um, highly unlikely, but you never know. Stranger things have happened. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell to get the latest updates and notifications. Like, share, subscribe, comment. Do your thing. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Insta and on TikTok as well. Um, give us a like, give us a thumbs up and spread the love. Also check out our Etsy shop. We do have our own merchandise as is modeled by producer Craig down there in the bottom right hand corner. Cha-ching! Yeah, get yourself some podcast merch. Again, help share the love and spread the love. Etsy.com forward slash Big Blue UK IRL. It's coming up to Christmas. Treat yourself or your loved one or someone that you know is a Giants fan, you know. Um, as always, my thanks go to Shane, go to Craig, and go to Kev for joining me, to you, the viewers, to you, the listeners, for tuning in. We are signing off. Until next time, let's go, Giants.